He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> you look like you've got a tan. I did. I was sitting in the park yesterday. Oh. Shoulder. You know, there's always something different about a real suntan versus like a fake and bake because yeah, the it color. hits you different, but it like hits you all nice, like on your nose, your cheeks, everywhere it's supposed to. I've also never known the sun to make you orange. No, <laughs> uh, this is not the sun. This is makeup. Yeah. <laughs> but if we could pull up an old picture of you, you were very orange in high school, like most of us yeah. were. But yeah. that, that, that tan was not... Like if I go to Mexico for two weeks, I get dark, but I don't ever turn that color. No. Um, yeah. Well, here we are back. Yeah. Is, this is such an awkward beginning for me. I know. I know. So that's why we're just going to nip it in the bud. Yeah. Because it's not like we can go on without addressing the recent events that have taken place in your life. Yeah. And I, I'm happy to talk about it because I think a lot of people are interested in this sort of thing. And, you know, when someone passes away, it's kind of like no one talks about it. No one asks the questions everybody wants to know, like, how did they die? What happened? So we're going to tell you all that. But you know what's so crazy before we dive into it is that in one month, Jenna, I had the two things I was so scared of for the past like year of my life happen to me. I got COVID and my mom passed away. I know. It's like, wow, how, you know, they say everything happens at once sometimes. It's like, you know, one thing I was talking to my psychic and what she said, she's like, sometimes big things like this have to happen to make room for healing and moving forward. Isn't that interesting? Uh, I'm reading this book that my friend Emily sent me called Proof of Heaven. And it's about this neurosurgeon who had a near-death experience and kumbaya all this stuff he's talking about what happened to him and and one of the quotes he, he put in it that i just read was from albert einstein and it said something like you have to let go of who you were to become who you're meant to be and that's just what you just said yeah yeah you know I, and wow. i think that's why people will say the old like saying of it happens in threes is because i mm. think there are these moments in our lives that are very hard where we're tested, you know, we went through one not too long ago, a couple of years back, losing our job, which is, you know, same sort of thing. And, and, yeah. you know, now that I think back on it and you're going to look years down the road too, and you're going to realize like the things you've learned about yourself throughout this whole experience, you know, mm-hmm. and how you've grown. Right. And yeah, I've thought about that and how I'm going to be able to help my friends when they get to this stage with their parents, because we're very young to be going through what me and my family just went through with a very sick parent who passed we're away. We're young, Jesse. We're young, but we're not that young. This is, you, no, but you know what? Let like, me have this moment. <laughs> no, but seriously, like we're at a point of, at our age where this is going to start to happen. So, yeah. you know, we decided to do this episode for that reason that Jesse just said to help guide people through because yours wasn't just all of a sudden your mom passed it it was a long time of you know health battles and and health wars with herself right so Mm -hmm. I know there's got to be a lot of other people out there that probably have a family member in the hospital or long-term care it's been really hard going through COVID so any piece of advice you have to help people like you always learn from others experiences right and I just think there's a lot of wisdom for once in our life that we can impose <laughs> on people through your experiences. 
Yeah, it's 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 been horrible. I mean, COVID added a layer to all of this that made it so much more difficult, not just her passing away, but the whole end of her life where we couldn't visit and her friends and her own mother and father couldn't go in to see her because she was only allowed two designated caregivers, which was me and my sister, Justine. So, you know, I, I can't tell you, I've never seen my 91 year old grandfather cry as much as I have in these past few weeks. Right. I don't think I've ever seen him cry in my life. Because they say losing a child is the worst thing you could ever go through, right? We think of as a parent, probably. Right. So to reflect on COVID and him not being able to say goodbye to his first daughter and all she wanted for the past year was she kept saying, I hope I get to see my parents again. Yeah. You know, that's just heartbreaking. Right. It, it really is. And it's a really difficult time. And the unfortunate part about not being able to have funerals and not being able to see people that are in long-term care is that when they do pass, the grieving process is kind of fucked up, you know, yeah. because the funeral part, it, in my opinion, and again, this whole episode, we're all just speaking from our own personal opinions. There's no right or wrong way to grieve or whatever, but a funeral is a very, is a moment where you get closure. That's your moment where you can prepare to say goodbye. You see your loved ones, you give them hugs, you talk about really fun stories, all of that. And when you take that element away, that kind of leaves can leave the grieving process open a little bit. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, me and my siblings, I'm lucky there's four of us in my family. So I feel like I have a little network where we got together and we did our own little funeral at her house and it was cute, but it wasn't the same. And we had extended friends and family outraged that we weren't having a ceremony yet being like, what? You have to have one. And we were like, well, we're going to, and we still plan to like a celebration of life, but people wanted something where they could express their shock and their grief right when the news hits you, you know, and people don't get that in COVID no. and that sucks. Yeah. You know, she, like, you know, she had, like I was saying about not just my grandfather, but she has girlfriends. She was only 61. So she had friends that have been wanting to see her and they're just left now, you know, with a phone call from me and, you know, your friend's gone. And waiting it, until you guys can do something all together. Yeah. And it's, and it's not the same at that, but you know, in that way, like the positive is it'll be happier because we'll be able to look on her life like, yay. But I, yeah, huge, huge hole right now, not having that like ceremony. Right. So I, I guess that. we should start maybe with you just giving a little background information of like two years ago and yeah, up until now so that you don't have to answer these questions anymore. I know. Yeah. And forgive us if we're bouncing all over the place because we're just getting back into it. Um, well, you know, we've hit on this a little bit. My mom was disabled. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She got diagnosed with that when she was 26, right after she gave birth to me. So, you know, she hung that over my head more than once. <laughs> <laughs> and rheumatoid arthritis is something that doesn't get a lot of attention because it's not typically terminal. You know, it, it'll kill you. Well, I, know I shouldn't say that, but it's a long lasting disease. So she had it for over 30 years and it's slowly eats away at your joints and bones. So she had very deformed joints and things like that and feet. But the treatment for this disease uh, is very harsh medications. And those medications come with a lot of side effects, can leave you prone to infections, cause diabetes. All of these things happen to my mom. So actually, her rheumatologist, her name is Dr. Ivory. She's awesome. Uh, she may actually write a paper on my mom because she says she's the worst case of rheumatoid arthritis she's ever seen in her career. 
most people get breaks and it goes into dormant or remission for a few years. My mom's never let up. It just kept at her for her whole life. So, and I will say that you sent me one time a picture of your mother's feet. Yeah. And, um, the reason you sent it to me was for a totally other different reason, but it was the condition of her joints. And as someone who already has arthritis, like I just couldn't imagine living in that much pain. And that's the one thing that I always admired about your mom and that I hope to continue to kind of embrace her in that sense. And I hope you guys as a family do this. It's going to make me choke up a little bit here. Whew. Is that anyone who lives with chronic pain. So if you talk to anyone who has lived their life with severe chronic pain, they have every reason and every excuse to be miserable fucking assholes. You know, I, I told my dad about your mom and he goes, oh, if I was in that much pain, like you would want to take me out back and shoot me because I'd be horrible. <laughs> you know, like I'd be an awful human. But your mom was the most positive person yeah. ever. And she never saw negative in a situation. Like I even remember when we got laid off, she was she expressed her frustration like us. But she was like, "We're it's going to be OK. You guys are going to be OK. Like, you know, and and. To me, that's was so amazing is that she lived through all that pain, yeah. but was such a ray of light. Totally. And, yeah. you know, I love hearing people that weren't in our family say that. I mean, you got to know her pretty well over the years. But if you read the comments on any of the posts I've made, that is the one thing that people are saying about her. And it's amazing. Like you just said, when you see the pictures of her feet and you match it with the personality, you're like, how can this person be so cheerful when they have feet like that? Right. You know, and even her voice never changed. People talk to her towards the end of her life and they're like, I never knew she was that sick because she still right. sounded fine. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> think of all the drunk. One of the last calls we had, I was pretty dry. I couldn't even look at the camera. I don't think. <laughs> oh, but she her birthday. it was for her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> or something yeah, like that. yeah. Um, but so <sighs> two years Two years ago, she had a nasty like fall or something that put her in long-term care, right? So, um, oh gosh, where are we going back here? That The fall you're talking about happened in 2017, actually. So she fell down at Food Basics, was in the hospital for a while because when you have this condition, everything takes longer to heal. So essentially, she was only 61 when she passed away, but she had the body of a 95-year-old. It's sort of an interesting way to put it. So anyway, she had about a year in hospital, 2017. Um, but what happened to her this recent time, this was December, 2019, was when she went to the hospital for the last time. Um, she developed what's called a diabetic ulcer on her foot. So when you have diabetes, you can get these, I don't really totally understand what they are. But They're like wounds, open yeah. wounds and a lot. And because diabetics have a harder time healing, I believe yeah. that's why it stays pretty gnarly. Yeah. And she had diabetes as a result of her rheumatoid arthritis medication, which fun fact, by the time she died, she no longer had diabetes because she had gotten it in check in the hospital. She was eating well. She'd lost a ton of weight and her diabetes went away. So interesting point out there. Anybody that has it, you can get rid of diabetes. I didn't think she ever would, but she did. Anyway, so that's what sent her into the hospital in December 2019. But when she was there, they found out that she actually had a blood infection called sepsis, which is really dangerous. Um, And it can come from a variety of places. The exact bacteria that infected her is, you know, that shit you see in the bathroom when you need to clean that pink residue around the, the drain. 
that had gotten into her wound mm -hmm. and that caused her to have sepsis in her bloodstream. So this was December, 2019. And of course we're all freaking out because anyone that's heard the word sepsis thinks, right. It's like poo in your bloodstream. That's what I thought it was. Not quite, but it's kind of just as bad. Anyway, so I Googled it and it said, you know, the, the life expectancy for someone who develops sepsis is about four years. So that was two years ago. Right. So that's when my mind, you know me, Mr. Logical started to realize that we were on this path that might not end well. Um, but my mom being Mrs. Positive never wanted to accept that. And she was ride or die, fight it out. I'm going to be fine, which I think is a good attitude to have through life. But now I kind of wish that she would have had that talk with us of like, Hey, this may not go the way I want it to, you know, because right. now we're left feeling like so hurt for her that this isn't what she wanted. And she was blindsided and she didn't expect this, but in some ways, maybe she knew. You know, like we said, your mom was so positive. Sometimes it could have been to a fault that in a sense, even if she was like literally on her deathbed, because what yeah. happened, like Jesse's saying, it was expected, but it was still quite sudden. Yeah. But even if it was like she knew the time and everything, she probably still in the back of her mind be like, I'm OK. Well, that's it. Don't I mean, worry about me. Literally, this, that was the last call I had with her 10 minutes before she died. She was acting that way. And we'll, we'll right. tell you, I'm going to tell you about that night too. But just to wrap up this medical part of this, because we could, I mean, this is, <laughs> it yeah. was two years of shit. So this is what put her in the hospital. But then it just kept being one thing after another. And this is still before COVID. They ended up finding that her rheumatoid arthritis had gone into her spine. So this is really where things took a really bad turn because they had to operate on her spine. If they didn't, they said it was going to snap. Uh, within two months. Yeah. So this was last June that they were operating on her and the whole family got to go see her outside because at that point COVID was full swing. And little did any of us know that was the last time she was ever going to be outside was last yeah. June. Right. And I got to bring the chihuahuas to see her and it was a really nice visit. We have videos of it. Um, we were having her do TikTok dances in her wheelchair and <laughs> it was just such a nice visit. Um, but you know, I didn't know that that would be the last time that I get to see her in a fun way. And I got to visit so much and I'm so grateful for that. But man, you just never know. Yeah. Well, and I think that's just an important lesson for everyone to take away, especially right now when everyone's having just a hard time in general with, you know, lockdown blues, anxiety, not being able to see loved ones is that when you do get those opportunities, treat every single one like it's going to be the last time you ever see anyone, because unfortunately, no. we don't know what can happen, you no. know, You're and, right. and that's why just embrace and treat every moment you get a chance to see a loved one as you know, You're right. Right. And I'm fortunate and I'm so grateful that I did do that. Every visit I had with her, we left saying, I love you. We talked about ghosts. We talked about her visiting me as a ladybug. We, we talked about all that stuff <laughs> that you say you wish you would talk about, right. but you're still never ready. And we had so many scares, like even after her spine surgery, they had to stop her first spine surgery halfway through because she had a little heart attack. Right. So she was in ICU. We were like, this is it. I'm calling my sisters. This, she's dead, you know, and this was a year ago. Um, so there was just so many hiccups that she kept having and overcoming that made us sort of desensitized to this. Oh, mom's dying again. Yeah, yeah. Right. She made it through last week. You know, well, you said one thing to me, even the doctor said, like, I don't even know how she's survived as long as she has her resilience, which I in turn do think it's due to her positive demeanor. 
as yeah. well. Oh, she yeah. was able to fight through all of her illnesses for such a long period of time because, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of people would just let the stress of it alone kill them. Yeah. And I think in talking to my sister Jasmine, when I say things like, I wish she would have acknowledged that she might not make it and stuff. Jasmine says to me, like, she couldn't because what good is that going to do her mind to sit there and think, oh, I'm dying. You know, she was a fighter and she wanted to keep fighting. And I just don't think that's the way she thinks. And I think that's a hard thing, too, while you're going through this whole process, too, is, you know, it's great you have four siblings. Like, I'm extremely jealous. Like, you know, that's one thing that terrifies me being an only child is when I lose my last parent, who's going to be there to help me? Who's well, going to five? I should say five if I count you. Right. <laughs> I don't know. You're either a sister or a wife. I can't but at the same that. time, too, having a lot of family members can sometimes make things a little hard because everyone <laughs> grieves differently and everyone okay. is a very different person. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. that can always make things a little complicated, too. But you guys have done a really good job so far of like keeping everything civil and no one's arguing, yeah. and, you know, over anything, you know, for now. <laughs> yeah. We haven't right. sold the house yet. So yeah. Right. <laughs> so one of the very so, interesting things about your mom is that like many other celebrities, she passed away on her birthday. Isn't that fucked? Isn't that fucked up? Even the doctor who called me to let me know that she passed away said it was very mysterious. Right. I just, I can't even get over it. it that, that fact brings me a lot of comfort because I was very superstitious about that because I had known about this thing called the birthday effect. If you Google it, it's a real phenomenon called the birthday effect. I learned about it because William Shakespeare died on his birthday. And like you mentioned, a lot of celebrities have died on their birthdays. So what the hell is this thing? Science can't figure it out, but there is an increased chance that you're gonna die on your birthday. So I was always saying to my mom, you're gonna die on your birthday, you're gonna die on your birthday. And she's like, shut up, no I'm not. And then she does. You know, is I, it also have to do with that one little thing? Like you've always heard about like, you know, people like waiting to see someone and then passing right after. Maybe it's like, I just wanna see my yeah. birthday because it's like a, you know, it's, not a landmark, but it's like a, you know, well, in a way it's a yeah, milestone, a milestone. And you, she did like a full, full 61 years. Yeah, I that's know. That's cool. like so cool. And my uh, brother's girlfriend, Tony said that it's sad to think about this, but she said, maybe she felt all the, the birthday messages and love and felt like she could let go. Because one of the last things that my mom said to Tony was, oh my God, I'm getting all these messages. I have to respond to them all because on her birthday, the day she passed, she was feeling very sick, obviously. Right. And um, so she was getting stressed about not being able to reply to everybody. So maybe it was just overwhelming in a good way. Right, exactly, exactly. You know? the, the one thing I think all of your whole family can rest with at the end of the day is knowing that your mom was extremely loved. Yes, she was. And that's very comforting to know. Yeah. Yeah, she she uh, yeah, I didn't even realize how much until after because, you know, all your parents, everyone's parents kind of lose their big friend circle and you're, you're like your parents are losers. <laughs> and now I realized, no, she wasn't. Right. Uh, right. She was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. But what happened on her birthday? So a few days before she had had another heart attack and 
her heart had obviously had some issues over the past year that because of everything that was going on with her spine and infections, everybody kind of put her heart on the back burner, including her doctors. And so when this little heart attack happened a few days before her birthday, it was like, oh shit, what's going on? But you and I have talked about this. When somebody's that sick and fighting so much, it's like your heart's just trying to keep up. You can't right. blame the poor heart. So they send her over to the Heart Institute where our friend Leanne Lang is the queen bee. <laughs> and the fun thing about that was the hospital my mom was at was more like a palliative care uh, hospital, but it's also for people that aren't necessarily acutely dying, but just need right. little, anyway, I don't know. Maybe you understand this better. The difference between a real hospital and somewhere like Briere. Yeah. It, she was in a long-term care facility. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Um, and so when she got sent to the Heart Institute, she was thrilled because she loved the Civic Hospital. All us kids were born there. And all this time, she's like, I just want to go back to the Civic. But anytime that they had to send her to the ER, they'd send her to the General or some other hospital that wasn't the Civic. So this time, she was like, yeah, I'm finally going back to the Civic, which is maybe another thing that made her feel comfortable enough, right, right? To, to let go. So she was at the Heart Institute for a couple days and she was doing okay. Um, and the morning of her birthday, they had to put a stent in her heart to keep one of her arteries open, which is a pretty normal procedure. They didn't have a choice. They had to do it. And um, so the morning of her birthday, nobody had talked to her until like noon. And we were all like, Frig, like it's her birthday. And she, this poor woman's like on the operating table. Well, finally she called and she sounded fine. And she told us they did the procedure. I spoke with her nurse, said it went well. Hunky dory. I was here listening to your mom when she said, I'm going to watch The Bachelor. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. Um, So that was in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, right. I'm replaying it. And then, so that the afternoon was fine. She was making her calls, talking to Tony, saying, I got to answer my Facebooks. So everybody thought she was going to be okay. Because like I'd mentioned, we'd been through these emergencies over and over and over. So then that night, it was a Friday, and I had just dropped off the dogs to their dad's house. (laughs) And so I was calling my mom on my way home, because my thing is, I always called her while I was driving, which is why you've been getting more calls now while I'm driving, because that's when you really I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, I know. You you love the phone. So 90s, Jenna. But it's true. It's those moments when it's just everyday things. Oh, I'm on my walk. I'd normally call my mom, you know, and this is even an interesting reminder too, is like, what if that call was never a call and it was a text, call your parents on the phone, call people, talk to them. Don't just text people. If you, if they matter, you're right. You're good at that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Yeah, you appreciate those. And then you get their voice in your memory. Um, she actually gave me a sign that I have in my kitchen that says, call your mother. And when she gave it to me like a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, great. I'm going to have to look at this when she dies. Like how creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but now I love it because it makes me think exactly that, which is, right. you know, I'm happy to see people and their moms. Now I actually thought Jenna and you probably did too, that I was going to become like a bitter Betty and like hate people and their moms. And, oh, well, at least you still have your mom. But I found the opposite to be true and actually seeing moms and like it happened right before Mother's Day. All those posts made me feel a lot better and like happy for people. And I was like, who are you, Jesse? <laughs> right. Well, it's better to have had an amazing, loving mother for a shorter period of time than either not have a mother yes. in your life or yes. have one that is not a good person. You know, that's so true. And, you know, you mentioned this at the beginning. I had her for 30 years, uh, which I'm very grateful for. I know a girl I went to school with her dad died when she was nine so it's like you know 
Be grateful for what you have, 100%. So here we are. I just dropped the dogs off, driving home. I'm like, oh, I'm going to call mom. It's her birthday. This was about 8.30 at night. We chatted. She told me she was having a bad day. Um, Near the end, she was vomiting a lot. By the way, she had COVID too, which is why me and my sister couldn't even see her for the last two weeks of her life, which was heartbreaking because all she wanted was one more visit with us. But yeah, this is why COVID sucks. So I'm driving home talking to her. Yeah, yeah, what'd you do? Um, And then by the end of the call, I was pulling into my apartment. So I was like, okay, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she goes, yeah, I'm going to let you go. I want to go watch The Bachelor anyway. And I was like, okay, well bye. But you know, you and I do this a lot. When you say you're going to get off the phone, then you have like a couple more minutes of chit chat. So that's what happened. So she's like, okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to watch The Bachelor. And then we started that wrap up chit chat. And when that was happening, she said, oh, Jesse, I got to let you go. I'm having one of these episodes because she'd been having these vomiting episodes. And so that's, I was used to that. And so I was like, okay, talk to you later. Bye. Well, it turns out that episode was the heart attack. Right. And so I went in the house and I start, you know, roll myself a joint end of the night. I put on a show called paranormal, uh, paranormal caught on camera, which is a great show, but I'm watching it. Um, having my joint starting to fall asleep on the couch at this point now it's like 10 o'clock and my phone rings and it's the heart Institute. And I answered and it's her doctor. Hello. And I was like, Oh yeah. How's she doing at this point? I'm used to updates. He goes, well, I have some bad news. I said, what, what, what do you mean? I just talked to her. And I still didn't even think it was going to be that news because right. I thought, oh, you know, she needs to go to the ICU. Do we have your permission to do this or that? Right. And he goes, she had another heart attack and we're working on her, but it's not looking good. And I was in total denial. It was like a movie. Yeah. I'm like, what? I just talked to her. She's watching The Bachelor. You have the wrong patient. Go check on her. And... Um, he goes, I know it's, it's hard to believe. Um, so I'm going to, we're working on her. I'm going to call you back. It was like the first call to like prep me. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like reeling at this point, I'm shaking and I'm just like staring at the wall. And I didn't want to call anybody because I thought if this is really happening, I need to tell my siblings in person. Yeah. I don't want this to be a phone thing. So then calls back. And he said, um, we've been working on her for 40 minutes a long time. and a long time. And, and, you know, what I've learned through some of these books I'm reading is your brain isn't actually like your brain isn't what determines whether you die or not. It's your heart, because if your heart stops, there's no blood going to your brain. And so your brain dies. Right. So he said, after 40 minutes, they were able to bring back a very tiny pulse, right. but it wasn't enough because still by that fighting. Time, she's still fighting. Yes, and that's what I love about that part. Whoa, Lincoln. Mom, is that you? <laughs> Please hold for chihuahuas. Yeah, really. Lincoln. God. And so, where was I? Yeah, so he called back and he She doesn't want me to tell this story. Just ignore them. <laughs> Can you still hear me fine? Yeah, oh yeah. Can still hear you. Stop. So he said by this point, after 40 minutes, there wouldn't have been enough, but she would have been a vegetable. Yeah. So he was looking for my permission to let her go, take, stop working on her basically. And so I was like, well, what do you, what do you think we should do? What should we do? What should we do? And he goes, well, I think that at this point we need to just let her go. Yeah. 
And I'll never forget that hearing that because those are the words that everything changed for me when I, he said, I think we need to just let her go. Yeah. About your mom. I know. Cause you want to fight so hard. But... And I knew, and I knew, cause you and I had talked about it. Like yeah. her life was horrible. She spent the last two weeks every day. She was throwing up. Like that's no way to live. I would have been like, oh. fucking kill me now, but she didn't want to die. And so she would have continued living like that just to be with us. Yeah. You know, and to see her parents yeah. again. So that was really hard um, to, yeah. to tell him that that was okay to do that. You know? Yeah. But I said, oh, yeah. Okay. And then, then he gave me over to a nurse, which thank God for nurses, because they're so much better than the doctors. They really are. Sorry. <laughs> they are. At least when it comes to dealing with families. Yeah, I'm extremely like, biased as well, though, because I have a family of nurses. So I hear yeah. all about all the doctors and how they fuck up and how they're assholes sometimes. Well, but there's, was, like, there's still amazing people. Like, we're not hating on doctors by any No, and he was great. Like, he listened to me. Like, I said to him, in my disbelief, I said, you know, it's her birthday. It's her birthday. Yeah. And that's on the, po- on the phone when he said, you know, this happens way more than you think. And it's very mysterious, was the word yeah. he used. But then I got on with the nurse. Um, and his name was Ryan. And he was really nice. And he said, do you want, and your sister want to come see your mom? I was like, oh, shit, you know. I didn't even think about that, but I thought, you know what, for closure, I should, she should want us to. And um, actually, sorry, I told the story wrong. He said, do you and your brother want to come see your mom? Which I thought was weird because up until this point, my sister, Justine and I had been the two that had been going. Oh, in. I thought so you were the girl. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They thought I was the girl and she was Justin. So he thought on the phone, my gay accent, I was like some butch. Hey, I'm Justine. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, in the moment, middle of the night, I'm hysterical, right? So I'm like, yes, we're coming in. So I start driving to Canada to pick up Jake, my brother, thinking I got to pick him up and I want to tell him in person. Well, this is where the story starts to get strange because, and you know, I've been keeping a list of like signs, which I want to go through with you and you tell me if you think I'm making it up or maybe it really is a ghostly sign. This was the first one. So I finally get to Jake's house. And by the way, the feeling of being the only person in the world that knew this information was horrible. Yeah. I was actually shaking. I shouldn't have driven. I no. should have taken an Uber. I should have called you. I should have done a, a million things, but you don't think. No, you just do. Yeah, and that's what I was doing. So I'm here, I'm driving like shaking to Canada and I get to Jake's house and I burst in the door, which was unlocked. And I'm like, Jake, Jake, no answer. I didn't think they were home. I'm like, all the lights are off. Nobody's here. Okay. They're not home. So I leave to go. I'm like, well, I'm moving on to the next sibling. I'm going to Justine's. Well, it turns out that Jake and his girlfriend were home and they were sleeping. And this is why it's so freaky is because Tony, his girlfriend is an extremely light sleeper. She wakes up at every little thing and they didn't hear me open the door and say, Jake, Jake. And why was the door unlocked? They normally lock the door when they go to bed. Right. So anyway, all of this is like, maybe this is a cute thing that my mom didn't want her little baby Jake to see her like that. Because your got... little brother is quite a bit younger than you. He's 22. Yeah. Yeah. How many years younger than you? Ah, nice try. <laughs> I almost gave it up too. He's such a mature gentleman. I thought he was like I 28. I was so shocked that he's 22. He's a baby. And I'm so proud of him. He's doing so well considering... Um, but he hadn't seen her since in person since that outdoor visit I was talking about, right. which was before her surgery. So he hadn't seen her deteriorating, losing weight, looking 
pretty awful by the end. And so maybe there is something like, she's like, no, no, Jake's not seeing me like this. Right. So I went on to Justine's and she was home and it was just a horrible, uh, you know, thing. And so when I called her and said, come out to the car. And when she came out to the car, the nurse Ryan had called me back to find out where I was. Cause by this point I had driven from the East end of the Canada, two different houses. He's like, are you coming or not? Like she's starting to stink. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. At least I could still joke. I have to. Um, And so Justine, Justine came to the car and she heard on the speakerphone in the car, uh, who I was talking to. And so she just instantly knew. And so we just started to drive and we, we, we were in disbelief. Like, you know, you think you're instantly going to be a puddle of tears. I don't think either of us was crying on that drive. You know, you're just in shock. And, you know, I think your brain has this weird way. And I said this to you too, because one of the things you were like really concerned about is this, your mom was in a lot of like pain, pain while they were trying to recess her because yes. it is a very violent thing to see. And when yes. an older or when a woman has, or anyone has arthritis, it can break the bones very easily. But I always think that this brain has this weird way of protecting us, which is why a lot of us forget very traumatizing events. And it's where your brain like just disassociates and you just like go on an autopilot sort of sense. So that's mm-hmm. what the shock of this traumatizing event that happened to you, you weren't thinking you just operated. Yeah. Get in the car, drive, get my sister, go to the hospital, you know. Yes. Just smack your dog. No, no, that was the pillow hitting the ground. I knew I heard the joke. It's going to sound so bad. I pushed him and then a pillow fell over and hit the ground. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Like this stuff like this can always bring a family closer and, you know, also give us a great opportunity that to celebrate her. Totally. Yeah. And, and this is it is like her last two years were just miserable. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, it's great. Like she believed in an afterlife, she believed in ghosts. So like I, I, many ways was like, I want her out of this prison body, right? This is not a life, but it's very hard for me to hear this. Well, at least she's not in pain, you know, which is a line that I've been getting a lot, which don't say that to me. Right. And I and I said it to other people, too, until you go through this and you realize how insensitive that is, because it's yeah. like saying, oh, well, good thing that missing child was found dead in the woods. At least we know where he is now. Yeah. You know, like, yes, she's not in pain, but we're also grieving the lifetime of pain that she had to go through, which was awful. Yeah. But you learn a lot when you go through grief of what to say to other people and, you know, what how things hit you and and all that. But right. So Justine and I got to the hospital, Ryan met us at the door um, and we went up to the room and, and I wrote this in my post, but a second weird sign was on the door, they had a sign that said, please respect physical distancing, stay two beaver lengths apart. Weird. Well, her nickname for me growing up was beaver. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's not a vagina thing. It's um, obviously not. <laughs> it's because I was a big swimmer as a kid and I used to impress her by being able to swim the whole length of the pool underwater without coming up for air, which as a fat kid, pretty impressive, right? <laughs> so she nicknamed me Beaver and I had never seen beavers used as a social distance like measurement before. No. And so Justine's the one that noticed it. And she's like, look at that. And it was right on her door where when we went through, she was laying there. So we were like, oh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. You look for signs, right? And I know how hokey pokey this sounds to other people probably, but to us, it was so comforting. I don't think it's hokey pokey at all. 
at the end of the day, if it gives you comfort, then who yeah. cares? You know, yeah. that's like what I say about psychics or people that go to mediums. I'm like, at the end of the day, if it gives the person a, a little bit of peace so that they can move forward and heal in a sense, mm-hmm. then why does it matter? As long as they're, you're not, they're not going broke from it, you know, right. if it's some, whether it's a, a, true or false, you know, whether it's real or not, if it it's gives true. you comfort in a moment of loss, then, it, you know, What's who the, cares? It's like a good bottle of wine. Yeah. yeah. Now Even if today. I start seeing you walking down Montreal Road talking to yourself, you know, <laughs> and pretending Carrying you have her. her mom next to you, then then we'll talk. <laughs> but for now, I think looking for small yeah. signs like that. And honestly, I strongly believe, and I know a lot of people out there believe in it, they throw you signs all the time. Well, even today I was walking the dogs and I, she said this ladybug thing. Cause one time I was bugging her. I was like, if you die, you got to come visit me, choose an animal. What animal are you going to choose? And she's like, fine, a ladybug. And so then today I'm walking the dogs and a ladybug landed on my left arm and I instantly went ah! and threw it off. And then I was like, shit, that was a ladybug. Come back. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Where'd laughs> But, you know, it's something so stupid like that, but it did bring me comfort because we had that conversation. So who gives a shit if it's real or not? It's true. It's true. So then we went through the doors and there she was, which was just horrible. And this is why I say I'm glad Jake didn't have to see that because she had all the tubes still in her, everything that they were trying to do to save her. There was blood on her gown. Yeah. She had her, her eyes were open. It was really, really horrible. It's interesting that they'd have the family come in like that right away and not at least take some of the tubes out. Do you know why? COVID. Oh. Because they had to have a special COVID team come in to like dismantle her because she was COVID positive. So Justine and I weren't even allowed to touch her which right. was very hard. Um, of course, when you see someone you love that looks like they're in such pain, you want to hug them or, uh, so that was really rough. Fuck you, COVID again. And um, Justine was like, well, can we at least see her hand? I just did her nails. Yeah. So the nurse went and lifted up her hand and she had the most beautiful purple nails. Mm-hmm. So that was hard for Justine. You know, that was their thing, nails. Yeah. So, but, you know, I was like, well, at least she's going with... Uh, Nice nails. You know, we talk about all these style and all these ancient cultures that make their tombs fabulous because you take all these things into the afterlife. So I'm like, hey, these are gonna be the fiercest nails of all the other grannies in heaven. Like another reminder why you always want to have clean underwear on and be shaped and everything, because you never know when you're gonna end up. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we got to spend time in there with her, um, not alone, which was awkward. We got this nurse like hovering over us to make sure we didn't touch her. So, you know, those are the little moments where COVID is like, really makes it so much more difficult. Well, it just makes it very, um, sanitary, sterile. Very, um, like, sterile. Yeah. Thank you. That's a better word that yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we got to, uh, we, we had to leave and, it was my first experience too with dealing with death like this and how kind of business like it was like once you're dead the hospital's done with you yeah now it's over to the funeral home so the hospital really didn't have much information for us like what do you do where do you go they're like well just pick a funeral home and because it was the middle of the night we couldn't so we we dealt with that the next day and they were totally right the funeral home was amazing we went with beechwood the national military cemetery 
because her favorite flower was tulips and they're involved with the tulip festival anyway and it's one but, of the best uh best like cemeteries to walk through i love that so. yeah it's it's great and it's the one i walk through on my quarantine walk so a lot of reasons we picked that Close one home. Special. yeah so very special. Um, but yeah, they were fantastic. So anybody listening, if you ever go through this, like, don't wonder why the hospital is being so cold with you. They're in the business of living. <laughs> as soon as the person's not living, they don't want nothing to do with you. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, um, going back to the weird signs, when that doctor called me to let me know she was pretty much gone, it was also 11-11 at night. Weird! And I screenshotted my phone record to show like 11-11. You got the call. I don't know whether you believe in 11-11. I don't even know what the fuck it means. It's, yeah, you're supposed it's to make a wish. Right? That's so it. here she died at 11-11 on her birthday. Weird. Um, you know, and then when we got to the hospital, the doctor, it wasn't the guy that um, I spoke to on the phone that came to talk to me and Justine. It was a woman uh, who was Asian. She was super cute. You would have loved her. And her name was Dr. Angel Fu. F you, <laughs> but her first name was Angel. Right. Weird again, right? Yeah. I'm sure she wouldn't like that to be like, oh, great. You think I'm the angel of death. But to me, that was special. Yeah. You know? Wow. So, so that's all. And, and then we got back to her house. Like that week was just a, a mess and we were at her house a lot and there's a lot of work to be done there, but there was, um, some tulips that were growing in her backyard that none of us had planted there. She had planted a couple years ago. And then when we got to the funeral home to make arrangements, they were the same variety of tulips that they had right outside the front door. Right. So again, you, you know, these are the things you feel better about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know where I could keep going. Like, you know, we have had when then when we were getting together to have our own little makeshift funeral, one of her favorite movies was Mama Mia because Meryl Streep's name in that movie is Donna was okay. her name and she was a big ABBA fan. So we're like, we're going to watch Mamma Mia, but we put on Netflix and Mamma Mia is not on Netflix. They only have the sequel Mamma Mia two. And in Mamma Mia two, Donna, the mom is already dead. Oh, isn't that weird though? And we were, so we watched it and cry, 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 but we're like, this is so special because she is gone now. And this is the movie we're watching. We're not watching the one where the mom's still alive, you know, and we couldn't have planned that because it was just what was available on Netflix. Um, if any of our loyal listeners are listening right now and want to do a little something for Donna and the family, I did something different because I didn't want to yes. get flowers because we both live in tiny apartments and like, over two yeah. bouquets, you're like, fuck, where do I put it all? <laughs> yeah, it was so, a flower shop. Yeah, so like, of course, I got you like a nice classy bottle of wine and I got you and your siblings some booze to like shoot with in her name. Of course, that's yeah. how I celebrate death. Yeah. But then if you go to the Beachwood Cemetery website, you can actually purchase a tree to be planted in her name and it gets planted in areas of Canada where the forest is like struggling and they need to plant. So, you know, yeah, it doesn't come with a plaque or anything. You get like a nice little certificate, but it's just nice to know because I always, you know, like I always say, she she had such a, shone such a bright light on the world that it's kind of nice that she's going to continue to do that through that tree. Yeah, and it'll stay alive and grow. That is such a great idea. Thank you for doing that. And you're so right, because I had so many flowers, which who doesn't love flowers? But by the end of the first week, they're all dying. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm surrounded by more death. <laughs> right, exactly. And 
You know what somebody sent me was the weirdest condolence gift I got was a sexy pair of underwear. And on the underwear was like different Asian food, sushi, chopsticks, fish, rice. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Should I give these to Jenna? Like what? I don't know. Are they normally women's you don't underwear? Want the... No, no. They're like cute gay guys. They're from Saks. They're like cute little oh, tiny nice underwear. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm like, well, because normally you don't want that area to smell like seafood or right. remind anybody of seafood. <laughs> but you do want to remind them of having a tasty meal. Well, OK. See, perspective is everything. And I hear sacks are like the best underwear for guys. It's like they just like your balls sit on clouds. So, well, they have, you know what Saks's thing is? They have a stitching that comes a bit forward. So it kind of it's like a push up bra for your balls. Right. There you yeah. go. But uh, yeah, since this, since, you know, uh, just to wrap it up kind of, or I don't know if we're done, whatever, but my, my mom, um, you always see your parents as your parents, but now that she's passed away, I'm seeing her as a real person kind of mentioned this at the beginning. Like now I'm realizing how cool she was and, and I was her best friend. So I already knew that, but I'm trying to explain, I see her as a different person now than just my mom, because I'm hearing so many stories about her and it's so cool We've talked to some of her friends to hear what a badass she was. And if you ever wondered why I like drinking so much, you got to hear some of these stories about her tearing, you know, Sandy Hill up back in the 70s. <laughs> well, you know what? We're going to go and have a wine for a wine for Donna, a glass of yeah. wine for Donna. Yes, because today is actually National Wine Day. <laughs> you know right. Except for well, this episode will be coming out after the fact, but right, in right. real time, in, in real, real time. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for opening up. Oh, thank you. And thank you for being such a good friend. Um, yeah, you're really a good girl, Jenna. And I appreciate how much that you checked on me and were there for me and gave me space when I wanted space. Right. And you know what, everybody? Go fucking hug your parents. Go talk yes. to your mom. Go talk to your dad, your stepmom, your stepdad, whoever those parental figures are in your life. Give them a call and let them know that you love them. Call, not text. Call your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and give her a hug if you're able to. Cheers. Cheers for Donna. Cheers for Donna. Cheers for Donna.